to any femme or gender fluid, uh, non-binary, anything else on the gender spectrum gamers out there. I love you, I appreciate you, and you deserve to be a part of those gaming spaces just as much as any cis men, and don't let any asshole tell you otherwise. Welcome to Replay, the show that invites you to join us at the game table. I'm your host, Clara Mount. On Replay, we're building a more inclusive community by creating a space for underrepresented gamers and their allies to share their voice. We'll tell stories about our experiences and provide new perspectives that challenge our community to think differently about who we are and what we do. Replay is a Victor Media Group original. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Today's guest is Narissa Hart, AKA Ruby Hart. Pronouns are they, she. They're an actor, multidisciplinary theater artist, streamer, and a professional speedrunner. They primarily run uh, the game Shadow of the Colossus, which by the way, they just recently earned a world record for speedrunning Shadow of the Colossus, I saw. So like, we should maybe congratulate Ruby on this. Um, so congrats. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, welcome to Replay, Narissa. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so we all know, like, my first segment is just about gaming in general, and I know you're a huge fucking nut for games, so we're just mm -hmm. going to jump right to this. Um, in your opinion, what's the number one reason people should care about games? I uh, Oh my god. Um, I would say, honestly, for the proactive storytelling. I think that part of what keeps us all alive and uh, refreshed, having fun with our day-to-day -day, and kind of what gives me a lot of joy with the day-to-day -day is finding ways to bring your own spin to it. So it, when I'm in the car, I'm constantly playing the game Padiddle, where if you see a headlight or backlight <laughs> out, you just tap the roof of the car. And uh, just that it, simple things like that add so much spice to life. But then also having these rich narratives, like when you're playing tabletop games and you have a character who is your rider die and you go through a year-long campaign you bond with those people you play with it brings you together and you have that shared narrative that you can just carry with you for the rest of your life and i think the same thing is true especially for me with video games um i am a huge theater person so i've been acting since i was four um and wow yeah yeah like, I, I kid you not my parents introduced me to the sound of music and king and i and i pointed to julie andrews and was like i'm gonna do that when i grow up oh my gosh that's amazing yeah and uh i got into video games a few years later and the fact that it not only tells you a narrative and i was a big bookworm when i was a kid but mm -hmm. you also were actively involved so you are the person who moves through it and makes things happen nothing actually actually moves forward without your presence there. Mm -hmm. And then with the evolution of these uh, more advanced narrative video games, like the games from Bioware, so Dragon Age, Mass Effect, where the decisions you make and your actual outlook on life or just the outlook in the game mm -hmm. completely changes the way the narrative is told. Um, I definitely yeah. think that 
getting that richness of narrative and having that enrichment to carry forward in your life is one of the biggest reasons people should care about games. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you talked about, you know, you were a bookworm when you were a kid. I feel like games now have replaced books in, in most people's lives for narrative storytelling. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. You are more likely to find someone who has played a video game start to finish than that has read a book at this point, I feel like. Honestly, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, just because not only are video games, uh, again, they're, they're so much more accessible as far as being actively involved in them, whereas books, mm -hmm. you're just being told the story. You have no actual proactive role. And I mm -hmm. think having that challenge or just that feeling like you are connected to the story in that way and you are the character you are literally given from the very start a ride or die who isn't just the protagonist but is the person that you actually are in the game um i think that is part of what has brought people to video games so much as well as the fact that um now that game systems are not only there for video games, but they're also used as television systems. You can use Netflix mm -hmm. and Hulu and you can search the internet. I think that it's made it more accessible for a lot of people, just as far mm -hmm. as this is a necessary thing in our household or it's something we can use for a lot of uh, necessary or leisure uses rather mm -hmm. than buying a book and then you spend that $10 on the singular thing that has the one purpose. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that that's a really, really big change that has happened over the course of the last 20 years or so. And yeah. I, I love books, but also I'm okay with it because I love video <laughs> games. <laughs> That's relatable. So what was your, like, how did you first get into gaming? Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, the very first video game I played, or at least as far as I remember, um, I wasn't allowed to have a gaming system when I was younger, younger. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were very conservative, so they had very specific strict rules. Um, but I would go down the street and play uh, Sonic on the Sega Genesis with, ah, yes. uh, yeah, 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 with uh, some of my neighbors. And I, I would mostly watch them, but occasionally get the chance to run through it. And I always thought it was really fun. But then when we moved uh, to Virginia and I became friends with a bunch of the boys in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. one of them had a Game Boy Color with The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. I love that one. <laughs> I know. It's so good. And it's actually that game is what got me hooked specifically on The Legend of Zelda series. It's probably my favorite gaming series that exists um, with the Team Eco series falling just, <laughs> just underneath that, if not tied. Um, but... I, I remember seeing this game and being so fascinated by it. And he let me borrow his Game Boy Color. And <gasps> I would have like a flashlight and be under the covers. Yeah, because like, it was like, you, it didn't, wasn't backlit at the time. It was just yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. And then when I finally got my own Game Boy Color, they had the little uh, lights that you could plug into the side. Yeah. And it would just like sit over top. And you would try oh and gosh. make sure it was at the right angle so that you could see everything properly. And it was the little like wire, like bungee things that you had to like bend it into shape yes yes I still exactly have mine. i still have mine <laughs> are you kidding me oh Not that's incredible holy crap <laughs> but yeah so so it was really the the legend of zelda series that got me spurred on it and i already was a huge fan of like fantasy tv shows fantasy books fantasy mm -hmm. stories anything that related to 
vampires mermaids witches uh anything like that i was so enamored by as a kid so being in this mystical world where you're told you are the hero who can save this world and onyx is trying to take everything over and you control the seasons and have these animal friends just every spark of my imagination and puzzle solving which i had never seen before Mm -hmm. um was just overjoyed by playing (laughs) these games and after that i begged my parents for my own game boy color um and it took a while but finally i convinced them and they got my brother and i both game boys because of course we both had to get one he got pokemon yellow and by the way he's not really a gamer um (laughs) like he got pokemon yellow and i got barbie's mermaid dream adventure what (laughs) yeah um so i beat that and then when my brother wasn't playing pokemon yellow i just slowly slipped it away from him (laughs) the same thing happened with kingdom hearts for the ps2 um he got it and never played it and just oh oh darn it happened to be in the system so i happened to beat the entire thing and the the way i ended up playing other games i think that after that point then i started getting more and more and more and more games and then Ah. i would you know save up my allowance to get new gaming systems or trade in at uh there was a store before gamestop uh in our area called replay and it was the first one i had found out about that had one of those trade-in systems and so i would always trade in my old system so that i could get the new one after i had beaten the games i wanted to for the old one and by that point it was the point of no return and my parents were like wait (laughs) this is a boy hobby and i went yeah what you gonna do about it i'm already addicted (laughs) so yeah that that was really what spurred that and now i i feel like whenever i talk to people um i i'm never someone who likes to hide who i am i'm very out and in the open with who i am and theater and video games at this point are so ingrained in my blood that if you took one of them away i don't know how i would deal oh my gosh yeah so what kind of what kind of games are your favorite games now that you play uh, for me, uh, having really compelling story or puzzle mechanics are the biggest things that attract me to video games. Now, I will say that that could actually spurn several different genres. So mm-hmm. I love anything from like Okami and Psychonauts to Limbo and Inside that have more loose storytelling, but it lets mm-hmm. you fill in the blanks and is still very compelling and really interesting puzzle solving. Um, of course, Shadow of the Colossus, which is my favorite game, and it's yes. the game I started speedrunning <laughs> with. Um, Last of Us. Uh, and then as far as online games, I really enjoy playing with my friends um, among us because I love, you know, deduction games and <laughs> trader <laughs> games so much. I, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with those. So. <laughs> got it. I See, I, I'm the person who I'll get very, very passionate about them, but then immediately afterwards look at my friends and go hey gucci gucci great cool but yeah any game that involves really interesting strategy that you use with your teammates or really compelling storytelling are the games that i am definitely the most attracted to yeah i love that Mm -hmm. i love that so um tell me tell me about a gaming experience that was really significant to you um any kind of gaming because i know you love all forms of gaming um and why Mm -hmm. like what what was so important about it for you uh okay so uh i'm actually so 
I, I know we've talked about this. I love video games, but I also love board games and tabletop games and LARP. And uh, probably one of the most significant ones to me was the first time that I really went to a weekend long warp so yeah um so my my specialty when it comes to theater is actually immersive and device theater so as someone who with that context Mm -hmm. is a like specialist in device and immersive theater when it comes to performance and who loves ttrpgs um i ended up meeting this this wonderful person named marshall bradshaw who is now one of my best friends and the moment we met and started hanging out he went okay this is dumb you would be perfect for larp because (laughs) the two things that you truly love immersive theater and and tabletop games Mm -hmm. it's literally that mixed together yes absolutely (laughs) yeah so so uh after talking with him and some of my other friends who were very into larp they were going to be going to this one called velvet noir Mm -hmm. and yeah so it was a three-day larp and the premise was it was set in the 1920s and there were four different factions that were all gangs Mm -hmm. and it focused on uh marginalized racial groups and the idea was that being on the farm was like the one safe place away from the city that they could go and yeah so there were a bunch of characters who were different ethnicities uh and different uh from different religious groups uh different um sexualities different gender identities and the idea was in this society in the 1920s where so many of these things were frowned upon in public but so many Mm -hmm. of them were very explored in private um just looking at what that is like and also trying to focus on these marginalized narratives so i went to this larp and getting to play out some of those scenes and meet so many incredible people who were also there 100 to throw themselves into the story and look to like lift each other's stories up there was one point where my character who was uh this full-on lounge singer i created her solely because i have a lot of anxiety about singing in public and i wanted to like force myself to do it in front of people um and basically make a character who was so cocky that like i couldn't get away with backing out um (laughs) so you tricked yourself you pulled one over (laughs) yeah basically um but that weekend and seeing just how incredible a game of that scale with so many invested gamers who also took such good care of each other um was just life-changing for me um i'm still incredibly good friends with several of the people i met there i want to larp with a bunch of those people in the future and before this i had thought larp was just you're gonna smack each other as hard as you can with boffer weapons Mm -hmm. and when i found out that you can make it just these full acting it out like your kids but adding safety mechanics on top and taking care of one another i i didn't know that existed and that was the biggest gaming experience that just revolutionized my life and now that i know larp exists if i can go to like larp playtesting conventions or one day larps or weekend larps Mm. i if they're narrative based, I want to go. Well, note to self, I'm gonna have to meet you at one of these LARPs sometime. 
Yes, please, please. That would be amazing. <laughs> so what what does um after this huge journey with games that you've had, what does gaming really mean to you now? Oh my god, so many things. Uh <laughs> it means I mean the simplest term I can put it in is joy. Um Aww. I well just you can tell such incredible stories like one of the things I find when there is an established narrative that you take in is you can never have that same first time feeling again. Yeah. So like when I listen to the Adventure Zone balance the first time, which is easily in my top 10 pieces of media ever, or watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, um, yeah. read The Name of the Wind, which is my favorite book. Those narratives, as incredible and compelling as they are, I'm never going to have that experience of really getting to know them for the very first time again. I'll be able to appreciate other things about them that I didn't notice before from re-listens, but you can't really get that. Yeah. But with so many different types of gaming, because with more narrative-driven video games, there are so many different paths that you had no idea could be opened. So you are very much experiencing things for the first time. Or I've played so many D&D games or Masks the New Generation games, Monster Hearts yeah. games, and I always play something completely different. And the GM tells a completely different story. The narrative is different based on the dynamic of the party. Mm -hmm. And getting to use mechanics and this shared language with other players to tell a completely different new and enriching story that yeah. makes you laugh and cry and and feel so many things <laughs> um i i think that's the biggest thing that video games really means to me is always being able to feel like i'm experiencing something new even if it's using a system that's familiar. I love that. Oh my gosh, Larissa, thank you so much for sharing all these stories. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, thank you for letting <laughs> me share them. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna actually cut to a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk more about speedrunning and um, gender inclusivity in that community. So that's our topic for today. So uh, everyone out there, stay tuned. Hey friends, I hope you've been getting some great stuff out of these episodes. If you like what you've heard so far, please check out our merch shop over at victormediagroup.co. Every purchase supports me personally, so I would love it if you cover your shit in my stickers. <laughs> Remember, you can nab a replay merch over at victormediagroup.co. And once again, thanks so much for joining us at the game table. to replay we're here with Narissa Hart aka Ruby Hart who's a thespian streamer and a professional speedrunner and we're getting ready to talk more about speedrunning in particular today um so to be honest I don't know much about speedrunning pretty much and, and I've mentioned this before but basically mm -hmm. my knowledge of speedrunning is watching like the the Legend of Zelda like glitch runs where they do the whole game in like 20 minutes and it's like fucking like what how mind blown what how did you do that but <laughs> yep. um so talk to me, talk to me about speedrunning. Can you just like, like 
pretend I know nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so for for the general audience and uh, Clara, who may not know what this is, um, basically speedrunning is when you take a video game and you try and optimize it and beat the game as quickly as possible. Now, there are some games where they do allow for glitched runs. I know that mm-hmm. Journey does this, The Legend of Zelda does this, and there are a lot of other communities that allow for that. And mm-hmm. then there are others where that's actually not allowed. Um, so they'll have charts that are just you can use one or two basic like physics abuses and things Mm -hmm. like that in the game but otherwise it's just about optimizing as much as possible and beating the game as quickly as you can so yeah that's that's the general synopsis of speedrunning and there's a whole website called speedrun.com that has these different charts where you can not only see all of the like gamer tags of the people who run these games and have submitted mm-hmm. that are fully ranked but you can go in and watch their vods so the videos <sighs> of their runs um and then there are these really fascinating other realms of speedrunning so not only are there speedruns that are done by you know organic man but there mm-hmm. are also things called tas tas uh which mm-hmm. means tool assisted speed run and basically that's you basically uh go through a game and constantly pause and edit and then string together a version of the game using computers that is the absolute fastest route that you can possibly take in a game. So the things that you probably couldn't pull off in a full consecutive run, tool-assisted speedruns allow you to see what that would look like if someone was just on an absolute god level. Um, There was actually something really crazy recently that happened. So in the uh, Super Mario 64 community, which Mm -hmm. is one of the biggest speedrun games there are hundreds and hundreds of people who speedrun that game someone got such a good time that they actually matched a test and they've pretty much determined that there's no way to go faster like mankind has now hit the threshold of technology in how quickly you can go with that game that's crazy yeah it's the things that people can do with speedrunning is insane and i i absolutely love it so that's the general synopsis of what speedrunning is what is it what is it about speedrunning that like hooked you into it okay do you want the abridged version or do you want the long version I kind of want the long version is that (laughs) yeah oh my god yes absolutely so I I always feel bad if I like spring into it and don't warn people because they're like oh my god I didn't expect a saga so okay uh once upon a time my favorite video game was introduced into my life Shadow of the Colossus Mm -hmm. uh I fell in love with this game in high school I played it with my best friend at the time Alex and I had the controller in my hands but we were figuring out the puzzles together Mm -hmm. and I fell in love with it so hard so quickly it's gorgeous if you've never played it the basic synopsis is um there's this young man named wander who goes to a place only known as the forbidden land and he has this girl with him who you find out has died and he says that she was sacrificed for she had a cursed fate and there's this being this god 
in this shrine of the Forbidden Land known as the Dormen that speaks with both a male and female voice that like echo off of each other. Oh. It's really incredible. Oh, cool. Yeah. So basically, Wander says to the Dormen, hey, from what I understand, you have the power to bring people back to life. You can control the souls of the dead. And Dormen says, that's true, but my power is sealed inside of these colossi that are scattered throughout the land. Mm -hmm. And if you kill them, the idols in the temple will fall, which like shows that my power has been released. You can, mm. I can only use my power if all 16 colossi are killed. So unlike any other video game I've played before, there are no grunts. There are no smaller enemies. There, there are no people that you can talk to except for the doorman. Literally, it's the 16 colossi that are just these huge boss fights and they're each these fast-paced and fascinating tactical puzzles where you have to get to know every colossus's um animation patterns because they mm. all behave differently some of them are complete pacifists some of them are insanely aggressive some are huge and very slow others are small but aggressive and fast as hell and oh, they can yeah they can take you out in like a second <laughs> so it's it's god I, it's gorgeous and they actually did a full ground up remake from the bottom up for the ps4 and it's one of the most beautiful games i've ever played in my life oh. so they just took what already was an incredible game with a beautiful soundtrack and amped it up to 50 essentially Amazing. yeah i love that <laughs> yeah so so i fell in love with this game and then when I got to college, I met one of my best friends in the world. We've actually known each other for 10 years now, Ian. Wow. And we bonded over the fact that we liked a lot of the same video games, with one of them being Shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. And we started making it a tradition where once a year, we would, like us and then a bunch of our friends would pile into a dorm room together. <laughs> and over the course of a few days, we would pass the controller back and forth for the Colossi that like either you really loved or, oh God, I hate this one, you take it. Um, <laughs> and we would play the game together. And then that slowly evolved to the point where we by by like junior or senior year we would both have our own tvs and make sure we had the same version of the like shadow of the colossus mm -hmm. we would be side by side and taking shots like between every colossus oh my um, gosh <laughs> yeah like we we made it these full drinking races and people would just come over and hang out with us and oh. we would get completely sloshed and like be screaming at the screen. So we were kind of speed running it before I even knew what speed running was. Huh. But these speed runs were also like six and a half hours. Let's not kid ourselves. We weren't really speed running, but yeah. we were trying to. Um and then over the course of the years, Shadow of the Colossus slowly became, because I had these incredible memories associated with it, if I was going through something really rough, it became the game that I would go to as my comfort game because I felt like I had power over something, I had control over something. Or whenever someone was like, oh, I've never played this game, I would just throw down my hands and go, I'm sorry, I know what we're doing today. You need to play this game right now. Um, oh, you man. don't understand. And then um pandemic hit mm -hmm. and basically uh <laughs> i because as i've mentioned theater is very important to me i have been acting in at least one show a year if not significantly more than that i think mm -hmm. there was a year i had like 15 or 20 gigs in a oh year my God. yeah between like 
films and web series projects and um podcasts and shows so i've i've done one a year since i was four wow and then pandemic hit and suddenly there was no theater Mm -hmm. at all and i you know as someone who has like mental health disorders and theater was something i always went to as a source of comfort Mm -hmm. when i didn't have that the other thing i turned to was shadow of the colossus make sense yep and i hit the point (laughs) of playing it almost every other day like i was playing it so much and eventually my roommates who were also huge gamers said uh have you considered speed running because you've gotten really good at this game <laughs> and i thought well i don't know speed run strats there's no way that i could compete mm-hmm. and then they pulled up src and at the time if i had submitted that time that i had gotten on that run i would have been ninth place in the world oh my god yeah holy shit <laughs> yeah and that was without knowing any speed run strats without anything so wow. and and i was super nervous about submitting because i i've been a part of some online video game communities or tried to before so like i played league of legends for a bit but that community is so toxic uh i tried playing halo and left for dead with friends and people online when they hear my voice even though i'm gender fluid my voice comes across as very femme uh so i would get hit on i would have kitchen jokes made about me i would be told that i sucked or i would be told to like suck someone's dick that kind of stuff it was awful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i was really nervous but then i went okay i'll submit one and then that's all i need Mm -hmm. so i submitted the run and then i got a comment from the person who verified it saying hey this was so incredible you have such great energy i loved hearing your stories you should really join our discord we would love to have you it's a wonderful community and just they welcomed me with open arms and i was nervous at first but i joined and then all of these speed runners when i was like hey i just I, I just submitted my first speed run. They were just going, that was, that's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, I absolutely have to watch your run. Um, one of the guys who I had seen run it at Games Done Quick, GDQ, which is the biggest speed run event in the world. Mm-hmm. He randomly popped in my chat one day just to say hi and see how it was going and said, if you ever have questions or need tips, just let us know. Oh and my then, gosh. yeah, and then we would start doing races together as a community. And the very first time we did one, um, one of the other speedrunners who wasn't racing that day, but he was commentating in the middle of the conversation before we started without any prompting just said by the way i just want to make sure what pronouns are you using today and that just revolutionized my world (laughs) the fact that it was not only a community that wanted to trade tricks and help each other get better help each other constantly improve cheer each other on but also was so inclusive and supportive i i just had never experienced that from a video game community before and that was really what made me want to stay was meeting all these incredible people and they're from all over the world too so like 
Inception, who is the world record holder for a bunch of the categories and who helped me a lot with learning the speed run. He lives in France. Another one of the speedrunners who's really helped build up the community, Tic Tac, is from Germany. Um, oh. There are two speedrunners, Asima and Stocky, who live in Spain. Uh, there are people who live in the UK and Japan and all these other places. Wow. And we've become friends just through this mutual love for the Team Eco games. That's amazing. Yeah. So that that's what really got me into it. And then after, you know, they supported me, I ended up submitting to my first big event. So mm -hmm. Games Done Quick has some smaller events specifically for women and people of marginalized gender identities. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. 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 So it's called the Fatales. So mm -hmm. every time it has a slightly different word at the front so there was frost fatales uh this year is flame fatales and last year when i did it it was called fleet fatales <laughs> and uh, i ended up submitting and i wasn't sure if i would get in because i'm i was the best femme at the game but i wasn't the best at the game so i wasn't sure and i got in amazing yeah and <laughs> i got a pb so a personal best time at gdq which was Insane. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was incredible. <laughs> and my friend Usurpering, who is primarily a Last Guardian speedrunner, but she really loves SOTC. She was my commentator and we just had such great dynamics bouncing off of each other. And then a bunch of people started following my Twitch channel and that also sprung board me into, okay, I love speedrunning this game. What else can I speedrun? Because now I want to give more things to this incredible, chaotic, wholesome community that Aww. we've created. So now I'm learning speedruns for other games like uh, Eco and The Last Guardian and Journey. And I want to learn the speedrun to Catherine and a bunch of other stuff. So, Man. yeah, it's I that's that's the long way of saying um, I got into it because of my best friends and I stayed because of the incredible communities and support. Oh, I love that. Those are the kind of stories I love to hear, too, because like I, yeah. like, you know, with me with D&D, &D, I got into D&D &D because I was invited by one person, but I just fell in love with like the whole community that was playing it with me. And it's it's yeah, like that's so mm -hmm. real. That's so real. Yeah. What? what and, um what's yeah. unique about the speedrunning community to you like because i know i heard you mention yeah. you know you've had some negative experiences online and stuff but like mm -hmm. what what is really unique about the speedrunning community i would actually say how uh charity oriented it is oh. so yeah it, i know a lot of people probably wouldn't expect it but um the majority of speedrun events so i've i've been part of a ton now and there's only one that i've been a part of that hasn't been a charity event so wow. people use speed running and being entertainers and playing these games introducing them to other people as a way to also ignite passion for topics that are really important so like when i did the gdq run it was fundraising money for the Malala Fund, which basically helps girls all over the world with uh, getting a proper education, making sure there's a roof over their heads. And that particular one was about um, getting technology so that girls who were in countries that don't have the technology for it could still go to school from home during the wow. pandemic. Yeah, and I, I was a part of one for the uh, National Autism Fund. 
um, and others for uh, no-kill animal shelters, um, wow. others for different uh, children's hospitals. Just the fact that so much of the speedrunning community is not only so oriented towards making sure people feel welcome and people have fun experiencing these games, some people for the first time, but it's also about making sure that you're using gaming and entertainment to do good in the world just means so much to me and i think that's one of the big things that a lot of people have no idea about when they first hear about speed running but mm -hmm. if you look up if you look up speed running events a majority of them will say and all of the funds from this event are going to x and that that's just I've never seen that from another gaming community. And, That's and amazing. yeah, it, it just is so incredible to me and so heartwarming to me that people want to use gaming to make people's lives better. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Well, it, it's, mm -hmm. it, I think it's cool also that you just listed a whole bunch of different funds and charities that are different, like kind, like different categories. So it's like, it's <laughs> not like it's just like, you know extra life or it's just like video game related things or it's just american or like any like it's so global and like you're talking about these people all over the world doing this like that's so cool so what's your what's your world record in it's shadow of the classes i know that but... well okay so actually it was recently beaten so i'm in second no. place right now yeah yeah <laughs> but here again it's one of those things of i had the world record and then i beat my own world record by a few minutes a few days later which was awesome but That's then tac came in and sniped it so there Ugh. are some times where a world record will stay on the chart for like months and months and months and then there are other times where i remember uh so three of the big speedrunners, so uh, Foxy, Tic Tac, and Sean, who I mentioned, mm -hmm. there was like two weeks last year, I, I think it was in June or July, where all three of them, just like within a day or two of each other, were constantly sniping world records from oh each other gosh, that's in like wild. three or four different categories. And all of us who, who were just watching it happen would sit there when we got the updates going, what is happening? <laughs> How is this happening? But I, I think that doing that, seeing each other optimize the game more and more and watching each other's runs or doing the races, the big races we do together, we constantly push each other to get better because we can see new interesting things that people are trying and yeah. new tricks that people find, new um, tiny things or bigger things. And I, the amount of tricks that even have been added and optimized even since I started and joined the community is insane. And it's so wow. cool to see it constantly evolve. It's so amazing. I love it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Ah, thank you so much for like educating me about this community. I had no fucking clue. Yeah. No fucking clue. More than happy to. <laughs> I listen anytime that I can talk someone's ear off about this because I I had no clue before I got into it either. And now that I know, I just want to scream from the mountaintops. Everyone should get into speed running because it's just so good for the world. <laughs> it's so good. Everyone's so nice. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's time we got to take another quick commercial break. But uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk more about like the the being on the the content creation side of gaming and and kind of like some of the mm -hmm. the challenges that you might have faced and how we can be a healthier community, like um, even more so than we already are. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Um, see y'all in a moment.
Get ready to quit the build. Hey, this is Nick from Quit the Build. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance you're into video games. And if you're like me, then you're having a tough time keeping up with all the gaming news coming at you. Our podcast, Quit the Build, is all about condensing the news into an entertaining weekly podcast that never takes more than an hour of your time. Get your gaming news the fun way with Quit the Build with new episodes every Wednesday at quitthebuild.com or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're back on replay. We're about to hear more from Narissa about being uh, a gaming content creator and her experiences as a pro speedrunner. Um, so, so kind of just to kick off the conversation, I know you've already mentioned like that you've had some negative experiences um, based on your gender presentation in online communities. Um, what what challenges do you feel like you faced? Like, what are your main challenges you face as a content creator in this space? Uh, I, I feel like honestly, so much of it is tied up with gender, uh, more than people expect. So when I first started speed running, uh, and actually became an affiliate on Twitch, Mm -hmm. I would get people in my chat who, before I even started using a camera. So when I was just on voice, Mm -hmm. I, I remember the first time this happened, someone came in chat and was like, wow damn sexy voice you got there what else can you do with it and i'm like oh no get out why stop (laughs) why um so just having to deal with things like that but then on top of that i've had people um like a lot of it comes from cis men unfortunately Mm -hmm. um try to backseat in my chat so like trying to teach me how to play the game that i professionally speed run <laughs> um there like there i i remember uh when i submitted my i think it was my world record actually i got a comment on the video that was a guy saying wow the trick at this timestamp i've never pulled that off before so i'm definitely gonna do it later and it's a much harder trick than I think he realizes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely just gonna do it and pull it off later. And by the way, uh, if you didn't know and we're looking for other challenges, there are other difficulties and you can get these coins and platinum it by doing this, that, and the other. And I was just sitting there reading the comment like, uh, I think I've got a handle on it, bro. Yeah, but yeah. you know, thanks, I guess. Um. <laughs> So, so that's a really big challenge I've had to overcome is just constantly having to break through that gender barrier of mm-hmm. people coming into my chat, seeing me playing a game, and then immediately assuming that, oh, a girl playing a video game, even though I'm not a girl. Like, I, <laughs> I think I have to say the Janet thing from The Good Place all the time. Just not a girl. Not a girl. Not a girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so... um that that's the thing i have to deal with a lot uh of people coming in my chat and going oh this is clearly a femme so she's gonna need my help and even though i have rules saying don't give me spoilers on games i've never played please don't backseat unless i specifically ask a question of the chat mm-hmm. like if if i am stuck on a game that i've never played before and i say hey am i going the right way can y'all let me know serious question but otherwise, I don't want people telling me how to play the game yeah. because that takes away so much of the experience. Part of the fun of games is being able to discover the the mechanics and have those, 
oh, amazing realization moments, whether it comes to plot, whether it comes to mechanics, whether it comes mm -hmm. to realizing different musical motifs fit in with one another. I yeah. love figuring that stuff out for myself. And that one of the biggest things I've had to deal with is people coming in chat and thinking that I clearly don't know what I'm doing, so they must enlighten me. Um, another thing, uh, and I will say this actually is part of the reasons why I love my audience and fans so much. Um, I've had people try and use it as a if if they aren't okay in my life, they try and use it as a public platform where I'm going to clearly be fine with them being there and want to make amends or play nice. Um, so huh. yeah, there was, there was a guy who, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into what he did, but he did some very unspeakable things and, uh, I cut him out from my life mm -hmm. and he showed up in chat one day and was just like, Hey, Oh my God, I love this game. And I, triple checked the gamer tag and whispered and was like hey is this is this let's let's call him todd is this todd mm -hmm. uh names have been changed uh for <laughs> security purposes um and he goes yeah it's todd and i started having a panic attack on stream like i i oh froze and i was trying not to cry and it it was awful like and a few people have done this who aren't mm -hmm. okay in my life who come into chat thinking that's okay um like oh because they're it's on a public space exactly but yeah. i i felt so unsafe and i wasn't sure what to do because that was the first time i had experienced something like this mm -hmm. and i i finally just stopped and looked in the camera and went okay i'm sorry to my audience todd I don't know what you're doing here. I told you I've cut communication and you need to get the fuck out. Like, wow. leave my chat. And I banned him. And then I started panicking because I, I was like, oh, God, even if he's banned, can he still see me? Can he still hear me? I don't feel safe. And my chat had my fucking back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. They immediately were like, screw this guy hey dude fuck you get out like this is ruby's space how dare you invade their own space and domain oh, and then when i was like oh god i may have to cut stream early i don't i don't know what to do and i was panicking and didn't mm -hmm. want to like have that kind of breakdown on stream because you know the whole point of being there is people having a good time right. and people in chat were like sweetie you are so fine take as much time as you need is there anything Aww. we can give you and i was like i mean i guess maybe animal pictures and in the discord and on instagram people started like private messaging me or putting in the discord <laughs> pictures of their pets like their cats and their dogs or just like pictures they found online were checking in with me later that day oh, like oh my gosh i had never experienced something like that before and and that's when uh so i i said the term chaotic wholesome earlier and that's because we decided that uh, my fan community and my in general crystal crew community is what we call mm -hmm. ourselves um even though we're so wholesome and so friendly that was the day i found out that my audience will also cut a bitch if it's needed <laughs> and like i 
I appreciated that so much. And also now, like, now that my fans know that when people come in and are very blatantly flirting with me, who I don't know in chat, I get extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The moment something like that happens, people in chat will just get out. Get out. Like, what are you doing? Oh, don't be that guy. Shut the fuck up. Oh, and, my God. I love that. But yeah, I would say, unfortunately, I think that gender disparity of femmes still having this big stigma around them, not mm-hmm. being welcomed in some gaming spaces or needing to be sexualized or fetishized is is one of the biggest things that I have to deal with. But yeah. I'm I'm very glad that I have a team behind me to support now that now that the community has grown. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so yeah. great that you found a community of people that like, well, it, I mean, you've grown a community of people really around your brand that are like the right people. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess when you tell people, hey, I want you to f- have fun and feel safe here, by the way, what are your pronouns? I want to do the best I can to remember. Uh, that tends to go over well because it's values that legitimately mean a lot to me and Mm -hmm. the people who are in my chat are people who it means a lot to as well and if people ever come in and are trying to put people down for pronouns or trying to put people down for their gender or this and the other I immediately kick that shit out like that is not okay and I I have made that very clear and now that we've built this community of just these incredible people and artists as well like Mm -hmm. because acting is so important to me I tend to talk about it a lot on my marathons Mm -hmm. um and I there are so many people who are gamers and performers or gamers and you know technicians gamers and visual artists musicians who have joined the audience because we all have those mutual passions and interests and it's just so cool to see this group of like-minded people who just oh constantly lift each other up. It, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced, so and amazing. I'm so fucking grateful for it. Oh, I know, I know. So, like, from my own experience as a streamer, like, I th- the one that comes to mind <laughs> that was a very like uh, moment was mm-hmm. I was streaming Cyberpunk 2077, and yeah, um, and I was in. I don't even remember if I was still in the character creator. Which, of course, like, so if you're streaming, anyone that knows Cyberpunk 2077, you can actually mm-hmm. adjust your, like, genitalia and your body, like, your tit size, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, you turn that off when you're streaming it because you get, you, you get, for nudity on Twitch, so you can't do that. Um, but anyway, so this guy comes into my chat and doesn't say anything, like, no hello, no nothing. The first thing that they say is uh, basically, like, hey, uh can you um, adjust like your tit, like basically like show me the tits on the character, basically. And I was like, I just looked at it and I read the message and I was like, I will literally not be doing that today. And that was the amount of energy that he got from me. And I just, my mod kicked him. He just said, okay. And then left. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) good, but Jesus fucking Christ. But like, that's, that's so real. And it was like, I, and I was like, I had this great group of people that were all like super into the story and the setting. And then this one person comes in like, Hey, can you, can you show me your tits? No, no, I absolutely will not. And that's literally the amount of energy that he got from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response. God, that's disgusting. But like what, so like, what do you have advice for other, especially like women and like gender fluid, non-binary people that are not you know that cis male like conventional 
identity? Like, do you have advice for them? Like, how do you handle that? I. Uh, I, I think there, there are two big ways that I handle that. So the first one is uh, surround yourselves with a good community. Like if you have friends who you really enjoy gaming with, make sure that you either like if you want to game with them, that's freaking amazing because mm -hmm. if you're in a lobby and someone's an asshole, it's always great to have someone there who can immediately have your back. But if not, having them as a support system that you can talk to afterwards, I know has really helped oh, me yeah. if a situation like really gets to my head things like that and the other thing is i know so often in the way that femmes are raised we're constantly told to hold our tongue to be more passive to mm -hmm. not advocate for ourselves and that is something that i have had to do a lot of unlearning with um yeah. and become a stronger advocate for myself um so if there is someone being an asshole I would say, honestly, don't hold back and give it back to them. <laughs> I, I, when, when an asshole comes in chat, I will immediately say, get that disgusting crap out of here. We don't do that here. And <laughs> if someone is ever shitty to you in the gaming lobby, feel free to curse them out for me. And then if they have any problems, <laughs> send them to Ruby Heart and I will give them <laughs> peace of my mind for you. Um, no, but uh, I mean, we we say that and and I know it sounds partially like a joke, but I think so much of it is now that femmes are becoming more and more prominent in the gaming space, mm -hmm. being able to show that we are so inclusive and so welcoming of other gamers of different gender identities and then the moment that someone tries to throw crap your way of <laughs> this you know this this bigotry really that yeah. still mm -hmm. pervades so much with with cisgender gamers not all granted but yeah. we we know that you know not all men still means a lot of men um yeah. mm -hmm. so unfortunately uh, unfortunately so i think being able to stand up and say no this is where we draw the line and if we as a community come together and can draw that line so that they know that's not something that's okay and we're not going to go silently mm -hmm. i think that kind of camaraderie makes so much more of a difference than you expect i yeah. did not have the strength to do that until i had other people at my back who were just as healthy of gamers who immediately were like get that shit out of here okay what do you need mm -hmm. and i've found that that's actually one of the best ways to handle that kind of toxicity is hey nix it nix it, <laughs> nix yep. it and then immediately go to people who you trust who you care about and who you can constantly use the support that you have for one another and the mm -hmm. love and care you have for one another to lift each other up yeah. because i think that's so so important to any femme or gender fluid uh non-binary anything else on the gender spectrum gamers out there i love you i appreciate you and you deserve to be a part of those gaming spaces just as much as any cis men and don't let any asshole tell you otherwise absolutely i think so an another thing that's really important is i i feel like um when people say representation matters that is a statement that 
I, I think is so, so, so important. Now, uh, rather than having these characters who anytime there's a femme, you know, ba I remember back in the day, there would be like mm -hmm. two or three femme characters and they were all so hyper fetishized, you know, the big yeah. boobs and the like tiny Bayonetta? shorts. Bayonetta, and, anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. So, I'm sorry, so I think she's hot, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, just well, there, there are so many games where, you know, the femmes are the ones who are ultimately fetishized and then mm -hmm. the men are the ones who get to look badass yeah. and uh, be strong and not get abducted every five seconds. And yep. now in gaming, you have these protagonists like Aloy, like Ellie, who are not fetishized and who are so fucking strong they're real three-dimensional characters and i think that femmes also seeing themselves in those gaming spaces mm -hmm. also like tracer and overwatch not only being femme mm -hmm. but being a, a fully out lesbian having characters yeah. who are non-binary i think that that is also helping so much with making women and non-binary people feel so much more included in those yeah. gaming spaces and i think that being able to come together uh like it happens in ttrpg communities and larp communities all the time of sometimes you'll have larps where people are so inclusive and so welcoming and then others whenever there's a problem they just sweep it under the rug or mm -hmm. the management is awful and doesn't take care of their players mm -hmm. and really the way that i've seen change happen in those communities just like with the video game communities is by players and by gms by game runners advocating for each other and helping to raise each other up so that's why i said that like feel free to curse them out and then go to your people <laughs> because the more we stand together as a front line of drawing it and saying that's not okay we're not going to tolerate that behavior anymore in the gaming space the more it's going to die out yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. uh so un unfortunately we kind of have to draw our time to a close today um but this has been such a wonderful conversation yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me <laughs> holy crap this has been fantastic so um i always like to end is there is there any final like message or anything that you want to say before we wrap up today yeah, I would just say, uh, so if you are someone out there who, no matter your uh, ethnicity, gender identity, no matter the place you are at in the world, if you're interested in speedrunning and are looking for resources, you are more than welcome to join the Team Eco Discords community or uh, reach out on Discord. And I'm happy to connect you with those communities. Um, it's just a really incredible group of people. And it, it enriched my life so much that if I can also pass it along to others, I would love to. Um, and then if you are interested in watching more of what I do, um, so I do uh, not only speed runs on my channel, but Let's Plays. I sometimes bring on other uh, professional actor friends of mine and we like add VO to games that doesn't already have oh, VO. Cool. Yeah, right? Like we, we have so much fun on the channel. So if, if that's the kind of stuff that you're interested in, um, we have a really good time in the beautiful, chaotic, wholesome Crystal Crew community. <laughs> um, so if you want to check out uh, twitch.tv slash rubyheart. That's where you can find me. And uh, right now, the main games I'm streaming are um, playthroughs of Mass Effect 1 Legendary Hades. Um, I'm starting a series where I play through the whole Legend of Zelda series. So I'm starting with Skyward like Sword. Like every game? 
every game all the way down the timeline yep so i'm starting oh with God. skyward sword and going all the way through because i miss replaying those games so uh <laughs> now that i now that i've finally been able to make the transition into being a full-time content creator uh i was like legend of zilla has to be on the queue it has absolutely, to absolutely yeah and then and then i do speed runs of some of the games that i mentioned earlier so if that's your jam um and you also like people randomly pulling out ukuleles and singing and uh <laughs> talking about geeky shit with their audience uh i would love to have you Oh, I love that. I love that. I'll definitely mm -hmm. put links to, um, if I can, with the Discord and also definitely your Twitch and some other places to meet you down in the show notes. So oh, anyone who's interested, <laughs> please, please check out Narissa, aka Ruby, is amazing. Um, as you've heard, very, very passionate about gaming. And um, I let's keep growing this community together. That's all mm -hmm. I got. <laughs> yeah, be good to each other. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Narissa, for coming on my episode. This was a lot of fun, and I'm excited to share your story with everyone. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks for listening. You can find episodes of Replay and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Replay is a VMG original and is created, hosted, and produced by Clara Mount. The show is executive produced by J.B. Adams and Gerard Mitchell with sound design by Aaron Trinka and original music by Bison. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite media channels and check out Bison's other tunes on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. And if you want more Clara, check out my Twitch channel, The Real Bubblegum Titan. Extra special thanks to all my listeners for hanging out with us today. Keep on playing, and remember, you're always welcome at this game table.